after these messages we'll be right back i can't believe i ate that whole thing are you in good hands and now a word from our sponsors hey everybody welcome to after these messages where we bring you hot takes on commercial breaks that's right we are here to talk about tv commercials good ones and bad ones and ones where people say really weird shit like this websites making websites my name is andrew walsh and i'm here with genevieve has sorry to interrupt adam driver there how you doing Vives? i'm good how are you pretty good have a fun show dialed up for everybody today this is one of those um ideas that i have been thinking about it's like we had i had the idea probably years and years ago and i just wanted to craft it carefully and present it to the audience because i feel like it's such a good idea right that i wanted to do it right i didn't sure. want to rush it so for you the, know so you've been meticulously crafting this episode for the last few weeks i assume yeah i would say years years even yeah or minute minutes <laughs> minutes or maybe we said we need to do a show today and i said i don't know what about vending machines today's show genevieve is not just about vending machines okay i want you to understand that these are commercials that focus on mankind's person kinds ongoing battle humanities ongoing battle with vending machines it's rare that you see a vending machine in a commercial and everything is just working okay what what kind of a commercial would that be the only kind that i can think of is the car vending machine that they always promote yet when i was looking for commercials involving vending machines and humanities uh interactions therein today I did see a headline. I, I now I regret not clicking on it, but it was like some city. I want to say Denver or something is like saddled with some car vending machine <laughs> that doesn't have any cars or an owner anymore or oh, something no. like that. Yeah, that's did terrible. those car vending machines? Is that already done? I it don't know. It wouldn't shock me. It seemed like a really stupid idea from yeah. Jump. Yeah, it re- re- I thought I always thought it was a virtual vending machine. Well, we've like talked about app. this before. Yeah. Yeah. I think is it Carvana that, that that's the brand. I'm not sure. It's we've talked about this. Before, how it took us a long time to grasp the fact that when they talk about a car vending machine, they're not using that term metaphorically. It's no. actually like a tower of cars that you like press a button and they somehow get the car that you want to the bottom floor. Yeah, <laughs> I will say that I didn't. I didn't go with a wide definition of vending machines today. I'm sticking to the traditional soda pop and snack machines. Yeah, uh, there will not to give away too many spoilers, but there will be one classic commercial involving a cake vending machine. That okay. I don't know if that okay. rings a bell to you, but I once I saw this commercial, I was like, I remember seeing that one in the '90s all the time. Well, I recently ate cake out of a cake vending machine. What? How did I not know this? Why didn't you produce the show? You have all the lived experience. Yeah, um, I was in Las Vegas, and um, that's a thing that they have in Las Vegas. And for an obscene amount of money, you can buy cake that's been sitting in a glass case for however long um, and eat it standing up uh, in front of a slot machine. Are you even allowed to tell me that? <laughs> what about the whole it stays in Vegas thing? I don't, yeah, I, I don't know if that was covered under under that <laughs> that contract. In seriousness, how was it? You know, it tasted like it had been sitting in a glass case for a yeah. while. It was fine. I mean, it wasn't like terrible, but it was 
a little too cold. I think cake should be room temperature. Yes, I agree. And so it was just a little too cold. Ooh, I don't like cold cake. To yeah. be super enjoyable. It wasn't awful or anything. Yeah, but that makes sense, though, if you have a vending machine. I was also eating machine. it with, like, four other people. Gotcha. And you were probably, it was, you were probably all very sober. And... <laughs> yes, yeah, so we just come from church. <laughs> right, exactly. Um, okay, uh, also, I'm scrolling through the show sheet here. We will be... Um, Checking in on my ongoing project of digitizing VHS tapes that I find around town. Um, and I believe we're officially changing the name of it. Oh, you, so you're going for you, it. You had spoofed uh, at some point on last week's show. You called it uh, With Love From Me To YouTube. Yeah. And I... <laughs> happened i needed to reference something i do not go back and listen to these shows i cannot bring myself to do it i can't hear myself on tape but um i was looking for something i had to go back to last week's episode and i needle dropped in the middle of the show somewhere and i heard you saying with love from me to youtube and i and i wrote it down on a sticky note here it is right here and i i was like you know i had forgotten about that joke but as soon as i heard it a second time i'm like that's fate it's yeah. such a good name yeah it's a better so, name so um we can change it. and I, I love the idea of of also not being locked into something so with Love from me to YouTube. I have a, a maybe one of the best jingles we've ever played on the show for you, and one that I had not heard before. Okay. Um, and we'll check in with the with the ad council. Um, somebody has a great category of commercial that they've sort of branded in their own house. When a certain kind of commercial comes on, they're like, ah. Put that in the category, yes. which is very much our vibe as well. So we'll talk about that. Uh, great show for you guys today. Let's start with some vending machine talk, or as I like to call it, vend but don't break. I'm just a love machine. You know this song? Uh, yeah, I've heard it. You have, really? Yeah, I mean, I think it's pretty well known. You know who it is? Uh, I don't. It's Wham. Although it might be a cover. The more I listen to this, it sort of sounds like maybe, are they covering an old 70s it like, sure funk is, song? Or it sounds, yeah. It doesn't really sound like Wham original flavor, but I don't yeah. really know. Yeah, anyway. I mean, they were, you know, operating in that. Kind of in that disco-y space, I guess. Really? I didn't I don't I know. Don't think of them that way. No, I guess not. They're, well, I don't know so, much by Wayne. They were so poppy. That was Andrew Ridgely and um, who was his partner? <laughs> yeah, right. The other guy from Yeah, Wham. yeah. Huh. All right. So let's start with, with, with this commercial about vending machines. By the way, in all seriousness, I have no idea why this idea popped in my head today. Like I said, I was just like, what would be something kind of fun and light that's sort of a, a theme that we see in commercials a lot for a reason I will never know. Um, just, well, I guess that's kind of like maybe a the clouds parted and a divine light shone upon me. And I said, vending machines. Yeah. I just let it flow through that's, me, right? That's what God's doing these days. He's giving ideas to podcasters. <laughs> Too many, That's why things say. are so fucked up. He's all, he's, he's, not, he's busy he's not paying attention coming to... up with uh, podcast ideas. <laughs> oh, God. God has a podcast now. It was, we make fun of this show all the time. It was on for a minute yeah. called um, God Friended Me. God Friended Me. And it's me. like God, someone who going by the handle, God friends someone who has uh -huh. a podcast. And it was, it was just like the whole concept of it, up to and including the fact that this guy was a podcaster. We just found so hilarious like the stupidest possible premise for a tv show and it was just a, an endless source of hilarity to me the plot of the show which i never saw yeah but i, I know watched too one much episode about... i watched one episode but only to get hilarious drops it was about a young man yeah who is the son i believe of a preacher of course who was because everything has to be 
in like the starkest counterpoint right. possible. Right. Exactly. And and he was starting to question his own faith and maybe even dipped all the way over past um what is it when you're agnostic? I can't think of the um the noun version of being agnostic. And me I was I don't think An agnostic. I don't think he used the word atheist. I still don't think you're allowed to use that on no, broadcast. No, you're not TV. allowed to, people yeah. People are very people like that word is so absolute to some people, you know. <laughs> anyway, and so he was starting to question his faith and he decided to start a podcast about it, and then his father from time to time would check in with him. How's it all going? You asking me about my podcast? <laughs> Yes. Still trying to figure it out. (laughs) But later on, did it start to go better, sir? My podcast is on life support. Hey, I need new listeners. (laughs) Those are the two audio drops that I pulled from God Friended Me. That is the only, that is the best and only lasting legacy of that dumb show (laughs) or those two drops okay um but i I did all that elaborate setup just to say when you type vending machine commercial into google or bing chatbot or whatever Mm -hmm. i expected the first thing to be like for sure a diet coke or maybe even like a doritos ad or something like that right but it's the first thing and this pops up a lot like great seo on this commercial for Actually, you know what? I'm not even going to tell you what it's for. I'm going to play this for you, and then you'll find out at the end, because it's kind of a surprise. I mean, I can tell, because I can see the screen. Yes, but I still... But the listener won't know. Right. Okay, well, I'll tell you. It says BC Lions. Do you know what BC Lions are? I assume it's like a football club. I assume as well that it's some sort of sporting thing. So you see a woman in the office place, and this commercial looks pretty old. This looks like um, maybe early 2000s. Um, just based on kind of the footage and um, some, as you would guess, and as will happen a lot today, she's trying to get a snack out of the vending machine, but it gets stuck. Classic trope. Yeah. Riddle me this or tell me this. How many of these vending machines commercials aren't about that? There are several. I will tell you this. And again, they are all about humankind's clashes with vending machines. Yeah. But don't always assume that mankind is always the aggressor. There is a commercial for 7-Up coming up I in today's show. I assume mankind is never the aggressor. The aggressor is the vending machine that refuses to do its job. Well, oh, that's interesting. That's a real... I take man- I take humanity's side in, wow. the, in, the, in the war against vending machines. You're a real stand-your-vending-machine kind of gal. Like, yeah. I guess if it, you if are it, allowed to shoot a vending machine if, if it, it won't g- give you your candy. If it doesn't give you your cake. In, in many states. No, this is the classic trope, but there are other tropes as well vending machines that won't take your dollar bill okay that's one vending too. machines yeah. that um go haywire for one reason or another do you uh, know that i have been ripped off three consecutive times by the vending machine in my office building to the point where i like won't go there anymore i was gonna say like how many does it take it before takes you three stop? yeah what kind of vending machine soda snack? soda yeah what? it's a uh, coke machine and is it a really old school one i mean it, it not super old school it looks like a big refrigerator with the big glass you know i mean it looks like a coke machine yeah yeah like you know? a somewhat and it has like it has one of those add-on like aftermarket or whatever uh vending like credit card and and husky card oh, okay, uh, swipers yeah. and i've had it steal my money using my credit card i've had it steal my money using cash um i've had it give me the wrong uh soda and uh, that was the the last one. The was, wrong soda. That's human error. That is human error, and it's the it was the last soda was it was the last straw for me because I do not like 
Coke Vanilla Zero. It is a disgusting. Mm, bull. Yeah. Very chemically, I'm it assuming. It is so chemically. Yeah, did you put a note on it? I actually, several years ago, also got, so I had money stolen from me by that vending machine. Like, I put in a five, and it, like, took the whole five. Yeah. And I did write in to, like, the whoever runs, you know, whoever owns, runs the contract for them. And they sent me my money back through the mail. I just, at this point, I feel like I, I didn't keep track of how many. I mean, I could go and say, like, I'm sure I could get, I could squeeze $5 out of the University of Washington for, the, you know, my troubles. But it's kind of like, I think this one. It's not even $5 because you probably got your soda, right? Once I got my soda. So then you're like, what is a soda? You get a bottle of soda for- It's $2.25. $2.25. I was going to go with a buck and a quarter. I'm an old man. No, it's the big ones, yeah. Wow. And I think at this point, I just feel like- So then you're fighting over $2.75. And well, three, if you add it all up, it's like $5. Oh, all the incidents. Yeah. Yeah. Um, And so I just think that like- at this point, I just got to like take my lumps, you know? Yeah, I got to sure. eat that $5. Yeah. And I did eat that dumb vanilla Coke, and it was gross. Ew. Don't eat Coke. <laughs> Don't eat Coke. Um, so in this commercial for something called BC Lions, we see, and it's like your very classic office place looking commercial, right? Um, this woman's trying to get a snack. Um, she's in some sort of business attire. The vending machine takes her her money, but the chip gets stuck or the chips get stuck or something. And then she's ready to give up, right? But yeah. then some colleague of hers, some like kind of like just kind of pasty uh, office guy with his shirt tucked into his khaki pants or whatever comes up behind her and he's like hey you can't just let don't walk away from that I can't remember exactly what the language is but or or if we hear him say it but there, this clear indication is just like don't give up the fight here so then she's like okay so then she starts pounding on the vending machine then she gets really aggressive she's kicking it she's like <laughs> side kicking it and then another she's taking his advice too seriously oh no, no because he's like yes get in there oh, okay. and he starts cheering her on I see, then I another see. co-worker comes up and she starts cheering them on and and there's like these this one woman just beating the hell out of a vending machine with two co-workers urging her and cheering her on as she does it That's the vending machine. She Whoa. walks away. You're not just gonna walk away and give up. I'm stuck. You can get that. That's yours. Nobody else. Get in there and give it some heat. Give it some heat. Get in some heat. Get in there. And you can. You go away from there. And you go away from there. You get it. You get it. Go up right there. You get it. Yes. All right. Yes. And then at the end, it just says. Cheering Works season tickets for the BC Lions, which appears to be like a, an American football team. I will say it was the price to see it was an American football team. Well, um, it's probably BC, but American style football. Right. I no, I say. mean, yeah, yeah. I understand the BC Lions yeah. are not an American, an NFL team. Yeah. I thought it would be football like soccer. Yeah. Um, anyway, I Pretty love fun, right? I love it. Yes, I think it's great. I when she throws her when she fully body checks that thing. Yeah, she's into she it. does a great job. Like, I don't know if that actor has stunt experience, but like she nails it. Yeah. And again, at one point she is just like she's like, I can't explain. This. She's like side kicking it. She's so into yeah. it. She's like and she's wearing like a dress or a skirt or something, too. But she's like pounding it with yeah. her flats. It's really All right. good. I like that. Here's another one that and I, I and I love the twist like that. There's no. Yeah. Other than like a quick quick flash of the of a picture of the or some footage from the field like it's not about it's not that. about food it's it, not about snacks it's it just, actually yeah. makes me think of um because it's like a in a sports context but it's divorced from sports in terms of the storytelling or makes me think of um 
ESPN, this mm-hmm. is Sports Center, did a ton of um, like fun, like office culture type of commercials. Still and they, does, I yeah, think. Yeah, yeah, but I just think of them, uh, some of the older ones. But I, I have one here from this is Sports Center that's also a vending machine. Can we look at that one? Oh, sure. Um, do you want to play it from? You know, I don't think you can play it from your computer. You want I me to look it but up I'll, here? I, I already grabbed it. It's, I'm going to put it here right after the BC Lions. Oh, okay, great. Um, so let's take a look. Do, have you? Uh, are you going to set this up or do you want me to? Unfortunately, I don't know who this guy is. Obviously, he's a Sports Center broadcaster. Mm. Uh, he's an older black man. Um, and I don't watch that show, so I don't know what his name is. Yeah, I don't is. know. I probably, I'll bet you I know the name, but I don't I don't recognize him. Um yeah, let's see if it says in here. It um does not. uh Stuart Scott. Oh, maybe. Um know. so he, okay. uh no, I'm sorry, that's a that's not Stuart Scott. That's a different thing. This okay. is uh uh It doesn't matter. I'm not gonna figure it out. It's anyway, some he's, sports center guy. He's, it's some, some ESPN guy. Some ESPN guy. He's standing at the candy machine and it's not giving him his candy. And then somebody, a woman walks up who's dressed like pretty kind of sexy but tough. And she's wearing like a WWE championship belt. Yeah. So I'm going to guess that she's a, a wrestler. Okay. Okay. Sounds good. And so and, and um, she, she kind of intercedes for him. Come on. Stupid thing. Fall. Hey, Jay. What's the problem here? Oh, hey, Becky. Candy bar is stuck. Can you help me out? Stuck, huh? Yeah, I think I can help you out. She kind of cracks her knuckles, and then she picks up a phone. Hi, facilities. Yeah, we're going to need some assistance on the third floor vending machine. Thanks. There you go, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Becky. Have you seen this? How, why, how did you just stumble on this in the show right I, now without audio? I just remembered um, that I had seen an ESPN one that involved a vending machine, and I didn't remember what the oh. what the like what the joke hinged on, but it's a good joke, right? Like she looks, she's got the belt on. Mm-hmm. She looks like she's super tough and super rough and tumble, yeah. and like she's just gonna beat this machine into submission. And then the way she grabs the phone so aggressively and then like politely asks for help is so great. That is uh, Becky Lynch, okay. born Rebecca Quinn, an Irish professor. Uh, prof- Professional I did wrestler. hear a little uh, Irish lilt. Yes, there. as did I. Uh, she signed to the WWE under the ring name Becky Lynch. Uh, I don't have any more information about who he is, but that is a fantastic commercial. Yeah, really fun. I love it. Um, now I'm gonna. Now I've produced something for today's show. <laughs> I was gonna make a joke about that, but you did all of the work <laughs> on like three Super Bowl shows in a row. So I, I honestly I can... did feel just like a little burned out, and not not that's not a dig yeah. at you at all. But I just when I woke up this morning. And I tapped you on the shoulder and said, hey, we got to do a show today. And you said, I'm trying to get half an hour more of sleep. It is true. I had a rough night last night. And I just thought like, okay. No, I mean, and then I I didn't mean like. No, I know. But I just thought like, I feel creatively bankrupt right now. Right. No, I'm happy to jump in and do it. This morning, it was just, it wasn't like, oh, you take care of it. It was just, I didn't want to have an editorial meeting. I I was just, I was, I had had gone to bed. In our bed at eight o'clock. Which by the way, 8 a.m. is not too early to be getting up. I had just, A lot of people do have editorial meetings at 8 a.m. Of course. I used to. I used to have 7 a.m. editorial (laughs) meetings. Um, But I, uh, I had just, I had a, I did not get to sleep until like after three last night. Yeah, because you got, because you got hung up watching The Last of Us. It's, yeah, it started with a home improvement project that then had me all 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 amped up at midnight then I started watching The Last of Us which apparently is not a show that you watched right before you go to bed. Anyway, uh back to this. 
show that we're doing, uh, this next commercial <laughs> will take us to the land down under, Genevieve. I started to almost do the accent and then decided I didn't want to. So, so maybe Aus- you heard. There's so many uh, like Australian <laughs> accent abortions <laughs> in, I think, broadcasting. Anyway. Good day, mate. Anyway. Throw a shimp on the, the barbecue. barbecue. I think barbecue. I said shimp. Oh, Throw goodness. a shimp on the barbe- barbecue, I say. <laughs> okay, let's move on. We got we call, I wish somebody. we could call the show Throw a Shimp on the Barbecue. <laughs> okay, so we are going to the land down under, although it's not really relevant here other than you'll hear a little <laughs> bit of an accent in the people's voices. This is for Uber Eats, but I never saw it up here. And we see... In this hemisphere? In, the, in this hemisphere. You know over there the commercials spin the other way? I really would love to put a moratorium on that <laughs> show. That joke. Construction. Um, and I use joke. I use the phrase joke construction loosely. You know what? You weren't there for the morning editorial meeting. So <laughs> shut up. I'll make whatever jokes I want. We see a woman. It's actually shot very. Um, uh, it's almost shot like a film, kind of very dramatically. We uh, in the forefront, we see a close up of a woman's face. She looks a little bit frustrated. And in the background, we don't even. It's like kind of. Um, shallow depth of field so we just see kind of the blurry image of one of her co-workers apparently as that person is leaving for the day the elevator doors close on this colleague but we stay with this woman who's in the foreground and then it becomes apparent that she is stuck her arm is up in the vending machine she is on the ground yeah. it's a classic thing again it's a it's see the a, vending machine is the aggressor there oh but I mean she got yeah I mean the vending machine is the withholder and then she got aggressive. Yeah, but it started it. <laughs> it said, I would prefer not to. <laughs> anyway, so uh, but this woman. Wow, is... Bartleby the Scrivener <laughs> joke. <laughs> oh, are we allowed to make Bartleby jokes, Genevieve? No, I think. Or it's... you re- want to retire those, no, too? It's I don't know what I'm, I'm not sure what I'm allowed to joke about. It's anymore. super classy. <laughs> Anyway, we're the number one podcast from I just Bartleby an, the Scrivener I just references. read an article about how there's no more English majors in the world, and I guess we're like the last people who can make Melville jokes. <laughs> anyway. Um, That's Melville, right? I don't think so. Is it? I, I feel like it's... I feel like it's not Melville, and I'm blanking on who I think it is. Well, y- you'll look it up and tell me. Let me set up this commercial, if you don't yeah, mind. Yeah, it's Herman Melville. It is yeah, Herman Melville. How dare okay. you make me doubt myself? My apologies. I was... I may, maybe I had the, um, the wrong era. Anyway, um, this woman works in office. Her arm is up in the vending machine. She's on the ground. Her coworkers are leaving for the day. Even at one point, you'll hear her say hello to another colleague who comes up and uses the garbage can next to her without really even commenting on her situation, I think. it's just, And then that person walks off screen. And this woman is just like there alone with this vending machine. At some point, maybe to indicate that, the, that it's nighttime, the vending machine lights go on inside. <laughs> and then she's like... Well, it sounds like now would be the perfect time for a candy bar. So then she reaches for her phone to order. <laughs> so actually, no, I think she maybe she's already ordered it from Uber Eats, and then a bag is placed near her. Come on, Peter. Kim. Just a quick hello to a colleague who leaves her there. She still can't get the chips. This calls for a Mars bar. 
<laughs> so then oh, somebody delivers an Uber Eats bag, oh. but then puts it right <laughs> out of her reach. And so now she's stuck up in the vending machine, can't get her candy bar out of the vending machine, and also can't reach the oh, Mars bar that's, that's on the ground. That is excruciating. Even though this is like a trope that has been done a zillion times so far, including that uh, sports center one you sent, they're pretty good, right? It's a great joke, right? There's a lot. Like I sort of, I said, are there any where it's not about it, you know, not giving you your food or whatever. But there are a lot of ways, as I just demonstrated in my war with the downstairs Coke machine mm-hmm. um, at work, that like there's a lot of ways for it to fuck with you. Now, this commercial I had forgotten about, but I saw a lot as a youth and it confuses the hell out of me. I don't think I ever actually applied a critical lens to it. It was one of those somewhat omnipresent ads of my youth. I think this is from 1993 and it's for Payday. I don't know if you remember this one, Vaves, but we see, I don't know, a a young man, maybe, well, maybe a man in his 20s or 30s, I guess, 20s, uh, and he comes up to some generic-looking candy machine. It looks like a a redressed cigarette machine. It looks like a cigarette machine. It's on the ground. It says candy on it. And it's clearly, it looks like it's some sort of educational facility, right? With the, that looks like kind of a school chair there. Like, maybe this is a corner. The windows and the mm -hmm. clock and the, yeah, the setting looks sort of, yeah, educational institution. Maybe it's college, in fact. Maybe he's supposed to be, like, kind of a college. These people look, if if he's not a teacher, then these people look like they're college. If these are students, then I think it's got to be college. Yeah, let's assume that these are college students, although they both look a little bit old. But there's a there's an attractive young woman um, standing next to the candy machine and he comes up and he puts some money in the machine and he wants to get himself a payday. I don't know if we know that at first or not, but spoiler alert. Okay, right. he's he's interested in a payday. Spoiler which, alert. He has terrible taste in candy. Thank you. Yeah. Disgusting. My God. My it's God. Barely candy. I don't like I don't like them. I'm don't at me. What's the other one? The one I can. Oh, Butterfinger. Yeah, that's get what, away from that seems like a punishment. That one we we diverge on a little bit. I'm not saying it's my first choice or anything, but I've enjoyed one. Um we used to my mom likes them and we used to um when we would go to the beach every summer, like the big treat was we'd have a bunch of frozen mini candy bars, you know, the oh, little yeah. two little inch long ones. Um and they'd be in the freezer along with, you know, or in the cooler that we'd bring down to the beach along with sandwiches and whatever. And um a a cold Butterfinger, I mean, at that age too, like any chocolate is like kind of a special treat. So yeah, I don't know. I, I just have I just have positive memories. Any Hoozle, this guy, this this old college student <laughs> comes up to the vending machine. He puts his dollar in or whatever. It's non-traditional student. It's not. No, I mean he's whatever. It's 1993, so maybe he puts a quarter in or a penny farthing. I don't know into the machine. And then we see the inside of the machine, and we see like all these like gears turning, and we see like a conveyor belt and an assembly line. And um, paydays are there's no chocolate in a payday, right? Mm. What is the center core? It's, it's just caramel. It's I caramel. Think. We see yeah. it being dipped into um, into peanuts and being covered. And I think we even see like a maybe a chimpanzee or something in there working the controls. Wait, that doesn't make it any more appealing. I no, tell it you. doesn't. We Ooh, have a chimp touched your food. You, it looks like one of these gears is powered by a, a rhinoceros, a claymation rhinoceros walking inside the gear. The guy is peeping through. Through the vending machine peephole, which really makes it sexy, um, while it says "Please wait" on the outside, but you see this giant chimpanzee who's like, "I don't want to." No, no, no. That's a, that's wanna... a gorilla. 
I was gonna say orangutan. It's or definitely orangutan, an ape. Yeah, it's, yeah. Some yeah. Sort of I a... mean, I guess a chimp is an ape too, but it's not a chimp. Okay, yeah, but um, some sort of a, a big ape uh, is behind, almost like Homer Simpson esque in some sort it's of got round a tiny desk. yellow hard hat on. That's right, and so it's like and you see all. It's very like nineties mechanical you know you with know, stop motion with stop motion yeah. and also just like there's something about gears that was very 90s i feel like you ever see is the it because um, of wallace and gromit were they kind of geary or industrial know. sort of i don't think so they were claymation I know they or, were or whatever you call that stop motion stop why do i think wallace and gromit involved gears I don't know. I don't think they so. They may I not. I mean, they maybe they made one short that was about that. This is a we're all over the place today, but I don't care. I'm having fun. Um, we have a football team here in Seattle. They're called the Seattle Seahawks, and they play in a stadium called CenturyLink. No, no, Lumen Field now. Whatever keeps changing name. Yeah, doesn't matter. But it's so clearly. I'll, I don't know when that was built, but I'll bet you it was built in the '90s. Because can you picture yes. the side of the building as big you're approaching gears. from the north, and it has like whatever, like it's got these big gears or whatever at the top, and it looks so 1990s. I feel like the '90s loved gears. Anyway, this guy's peeping through the peephole, watching his candy bar be made inside this old-fashioned vending machine. But here's the thing that really confuses me, V. Look at here. I'm scrolling through the commercial. Near the end, we see a woman who's dressed in some sort of a futuristic spacesuit. Well, she looks like she's an extra in Tron. She looks like she's in Tron. She's got glowy bits going Which on in a very body out of step suit. stylistically with everything else that's with the happening. rest of the commercial. And she looks like she might be a product inspector inside the vending machine. It's worth noting that she is about the size of one of these payday bars because we see big paid. So, you know, she's yeah. small enough to be inside the vending machine. But here's the twist, I think, although I don't A payday bar to her it. is the size of a body pillow to a person. Yes. Now, look. I believe this Tron woman inside the vending machine is the same as the full-sized woman outside of the vending machine. If not, they're, who they're the strikingly guy was similar. making eyes yeah. with. And then at the end of the commercial, we see her. She's kind of smiling at these candy bars. And then a gorilla hand comes popping out of the top of the vending machine, yeah. hands the man his payday. I'm not on drugs, by the way. I realize this description is just going on and on and on. Do you on. think that the inside candy lady is the is the severance version of the outside I think so. lady? Because look, now you can see the outside <laughs> lady again. It's the same lady, That's right? That's her Audi. And then she gives a knowing look to this guy. Like, yeah, I inspected that. I, I cannot tell. Watch it in real time here, Veeves. I think the listeners are just going to hear a bunch of racket. But uh, watch it in real time and tell me if I got the plot of this right. Because I am confused. <laughs> Please wait for your payday. Gears, gears, gorillas. They're somehow making it in a computer rendering first. Like a CAD. Computer yeah, exactly. computerated paydays. Here comes Tron Lady. She's approved it. Yes, this is a working payday. And now look, she gives him a knowing look. That's the woman. Like the student is the same as the lady. Does she just hang out outside of the vending machine all day with her and operate her like her, her, her mini I her? I don't know. Does it make you want a payday any more or less? I mean, I, there, I couldn't want one any less. Um, it's a confusing narrative with a lot of different, like a lot of stylistic contradictions. 
Um, it doesn't observe the Aristotelian unities. I don't know what else to say. Like, it's not good. <laughs> okay. Calm down, grad student. Um, <laughs> what, he, we got Bartleby? We got Aristotelian yeah. unities? Here is what I think is the cream of the crop. So just, just so you know, all the commercials that come after this one are not as good as this one. So if we're going along, we can cut it short. Okay. This is the one I wanted to get to. Where, okay? where this is a real bell curve of an episode. <laughs> yeah. Do you remember the Seven Up commercials with the guy that would go around with a shirt that said Se- "Make Seven yes. on the front, and then it said "Up Yours" on yeah, the back? Yeah, he was a pretty well-known comedian, wasn't he? It, I'm not sure. He was a uh, he was a young black guy. Is that who I'm thinking of? Yes. Now is this the same guy in this commercial? This is another young black man in this commercial. Is that the guy that you remember? Or I don't know if they had various spokespeople or not. I feel like that's it's not a, the guy that I remember. I don't think so either. I feel either. like there was a comedian involved with it. That maybe came on later That maybe or came out later. Who, yeah, because yeah. I remember he he was the one who was going around, walking around New York City or whatever with the t-shirt. Yeah, I don't and it wasn't J.B. Smooth, guy. was it? I don't think so. Okay. But I don't think this is the guy either. This is like a spokesperson. But this is such a great commercial. So we see this somewhat nerdy looking guy in like a sweater vest. and a, and a oh, Orlando so, Jones. Orlando Jones. Okay, this is this an Orlando. Orlando Jones. This is obviously not Orlando Jones, but this is like kind of a nerdy, sweet looking guy with a he's wearing a short sleeve button down shirt, by the way, with a sweater vest over top of it and then a tie. So vaguely. To, it's like if um, if like if Mormons decided to do forest green. And he is saying that he wants more people to have access to 7-Up. And now he's on a beach and he's going to explain to you what he's done is he has made special 7-Up vending machines that bring the drinks to you so you don't have to find it and so we see this beach scene various beach scenes with these roving vending machines that have big like kind of tread like tires on the bottom of them almost like almost like three wheel tread so it's like a triangle sort of tread there's something somewhat militaristic and aggressive about it yeah like tank like I mean you think of treads with tanks and it sounds like the um the original uh police bot in uh Robocop. I think you're right. Yes, those kinds of treads. And they're going around the beach and they're mouth they're being too aggressive. Mm-hmm. They're going That was up the to same people. thing that happened in Robocop. <laughs> you're right. And at one point there's like a surfer getting out of his car and the vending machine is like, Would you want a seven up or something? I can't remember if they talk or not. And it just starts shooting like cans of seven up. Yeah, I think out this is this is him. either what Robocop was based on or this is based on Robocop. It is hilariously violent, <laughs> Genevieve. I mean, it really makes you wonder what would it be like to get hit by a gun that you're shooting a seven <laughs> no. up at like point blank range Yikes. as you're just getting ready to surf. He starts protecting himself with a surfboard. Here, take a listen. It's the, the, the uh, I apologize that you guys can't see it because the visuals are really great, but take a listen. To make it more convenient for people to enjoy the refreshing taste of seven up, I make vending machines that find you. They're <laughs> crashing through outdoor restaurants. The consumer faster. Hey, cool. Oh. Ah, they're like bloodhounds. <laughs> it's like chasing people this into the water. It's going great. And then it says, "Make seven up yours." Ninety-six. That's pretty fast. He's got a speed gun at the end, and so like a pitch speed gun, and oh apparently these cans of seven up are shooting out at seventy whatever he said miles per hour. Um, 
fun. I like it. Right? Yeah. These these robot vending machines going into the waves on their treads, just running over like uh, a bunch of bikes and harassing cyclists. I it's love so, it. And he's like, this is going great. I <laughs> love it. The Make 7 Up Yours campaign was so fun. And we didn't talk about it in my show about uh, fake swears or almost swears, but it kind of falls into that category. You know, it's like a, it was a pretty cheeky ad campaign for how long ago it came out. Yeah. Do you want to hear the annoying sound of a vending machine not taking a bill over and over and over again? <laughs> sure. You're not just going to play that scene from Dumb and Dumber, are you? No, I'm not. <laughs> um, not a big uh Far, Fairly Brothers guy. 1995 this came out and I think I remember this in pretty heavy rotation. You um, just see like kind of an old west a very lonely looking old west town around, uh, around sundown and you hear this sound happening over and over and then we realize this sound is some businessman looking guy who's a little bit anachronistic is the wrong word but a little bit out of place I guess because it looks like it's a cowboy town but for some reason he's the only one there yeah he's on the porch of like the the country store or whatever and there's a Pepsi machine and he's just trying to get the Pepsi machine to accept his dollar bill uh while the song Lonely Town plays in the background Lonely Town I mean, Lonesome that's Town Lonesome Town thank you um and then he celebrates when it looks like the machine is going to take his dollar bill. But then in a twist of fate, a cruel twist of fate, it ends up pausing and then spitting it out once again. I remember this ad. Yeah. It says nothing else is a Pepsi. I see. For a second, we see a shot of his car. So the idea is he's a traveler passing through yeah, this Yeah, but now town. He's, he's totally like waylaid his whole journey mm-hmm. to get a soda out of the soda machine with his wrinkly dollar. Because the sun is setting and then by the yeah. end, it's, it's almost full on nighttime. Um, just a couple more of these to go. Um, what was this one? Oh, the Diet Coke one. Sure, we'll go with this one. This is a little bit, rem- not as good, but a little bit reminiscent of the um, 7-Up one because it is about a vending machine uh, out of control. We see some uh, workers unloading a Diet Coke machine, I believe around maybe a kind of a, oh, it looks like a San Francisco kind yeah. of scene. So there's some uh, some really big hills and there's some traffic. It's a cityscape, but you can see the bay back there. And... Um, these guys are unloading a Diet Coke machine from the back of their truck. They got a ramp. It's on wheels. And they're about to push it down the ramp. One of them, I think, gets distracted. And the Diet Coke machine goes rolling down the ramp and then rolling down the big hill of San Francisco. And then it's just, it's, you know, creating havoc. People are scared of this thing. Um, and then eventually it lands right next to a Pepsi machine, one of those Coke going after Pepsi ads here, which honestly, it seems below Coke to be doing that. Yeah, I thought, Coke, it's beneath you. Um, and there's this uh, young, very 90s couple. Look at this guy's jacket, man. Um, and they're about to buy a Pepsi, and then suddenly this Diet Coke machine shows up instead, and they're like, oh, you know what? Maybe we want Diet Coke. And I think that there's a, a log line or something that is very similar to, like, you know, more people are choosing Diet Coke than Pepsi these days, which gets into that. Oh, yeah, this isn't 90s. This is 1989. So mm-hmm. we did a whole show specifically about this era. The Cola of Wars. Cola Wars, yeah. yeah. 
There it goes. Uh-oh, look at those klutzes. It's going to go down the hill. Waka waka. Oh, look, skateboarders are getting beaten out by the Coke machine. Taxi cab driver scared. Almost two million families stopped buying regular Pepsi. And almost a half million moved to Diet Coke. That's more than to any other major soft drink. The, Go ahead. The um, the woman who and her and her bejacketed boyfriend <laughs> um, are like they're standing at the Pepsi machine and like they're they're acting they're overacting about like we're excited to get soda but it's like wordless before before yes. the new Coke machine shows. This up. whole performance is hilarious. So she's so firstly first we see them look. I love soda. And then she turns around and shakes his arm and points up in the sky as a refrigerator, uh-huh. in essence, is flying towards them. And instead but of then slowly, but makes then slowly to the floats to the ground for <laughs> no reason uh, in contravention of all physics. But the look on her face when she sees a, a refrigerator sized object mm. hurtling at her is one of absolute pleasure and delight. Yeah, not at all. No not fear. One not even a flicker of fear. Well, it was the 90s, the era of no fear stickers. And so maybe she, that was. Yeah, part they of should it. have put her in a no fear, <laughs> some kind of no fear gear. I promised you some uh, s- some hot, hot priest content. Actually, this uh, he's Did not a hot priest. Didn't I say at the beginning of the show? No, I didn't mention the priest aspect. I, I mentioned say. the cake vending machine I feel machine like I would, that would stick out to me. Um, this is a commercial that I, when I saw it today, I was like, I remember this one. This is one of those got milk ads. Oh, those were such a great campaign. Were they not great? And so and I don't know why they decided to put this in some sort of a um, church setting, but we see it looks like it's kind of after hours or something, and we see a young priest with glasses, almost like Buddy Holly kind of glasses, sort yeah. of, like uh, plastic uh, black glasses. He's definitely got like a, a Revenge of the Nerds vibe. Yeah, and so he goes to the vending machine, and he gets a big piece of chocolate cake that looks so good. That's why I remember this commercial. I'm not a big sweets person, but there's something about the this cake looks super moist mm-hmm. with a really big pad of icing on it, and it's chocolate cake, and it's like that 90s kind of extreme close-up uh, almost fisheye lens as he takes a big bite out With of it heavy blue filters uh, and then he's like and he's like oh so good and then you hear him say need milk uh, and then he goes to the next vending machine and he puts his money in and he's trying to get a little carton of milk and guess what the vending machine doesn't want to give up the milk and then he starts freaking out over it because he's got a bunch of cake in his mouth yeah he needs to clear the there, pipes brother. and then as he starts freaking out on the vending machine what do you think happens maybe a couple of nuns silently show up behind him to silently judge while uh. he's beating up the vending machine oh father look at those high waters yeah big oh. bite of cake oh god it looks so mm. good <laughs> Milk, he says there. I'll translate that. He starts hitting the machine, as you might guess. He's got chocolate all over his face now. He looks like a maniac. His glasses are off. And then, <laughs> and then he tries to smile, and then by the time the, the nuns see him, he's got no glasses. He's got chocolate smeared all over his goddamn face, yeah. and he looks like an absolute maniac. And then he tries to give him a nice little smile like everything's okay here. Yeah. He's doesn't gonna... Tell you what, doesn't make me want I... milk. Makes me want that cake, though. That should be a cake commercial. Got cake? If But if you ha- – I guess you're just never a milk drinker. Like, I have a- had – several times at work like sometimes i'll go get a little like a little plastic wrap piece of cake from like the little um 
I don't know, bodega or whatever that's on oh, campus. Okay, yeah. And it's just like a special treat. Like I don't do it all that often. But when I do, if I forget to get milk mm-hmm. at the store, I have gone through the the refrigerator in my office and looked to see if anybody had like milk for coffee and I've stolen a little Ew, bit. Ew, gross. Why? What's gross about it? I don't know. Well, I'm just weird it's about dairy stuff, but like also just like sort of like I, I just feel like in a work refrigerator, any kind of milk product's been in there for too the long. The thing about milk is it's super easy to know if it's bad. Yeah. It's like you it's a really that. black and white like scenario. It's either very bad or it's fine. So we let on our show, we let Diet Coke take a jab at Pepsi. Yeah. A little but bit we ago. also looked at um well we looked at seven up, which is a Pepsi product. No, untrue. Sorry, that was really rude to say that was very mansplaining. But I thought that was distributed been, by uh, PepsiCo. You, I think it's distributed by well, but Pepsi's it's not... making their dime. They're getting they're getting <laughs> anyway, their taste. Yeah. I only say that because I every time I say that on this show, I get letters of correction because yeah. it's not like one of those Pepsi products the way like I think Sprite Mountain is like, yeah, yeah, right, exactly. Like sp- it's just it's often distributed by, I think, but mm-hmm. not it's not. I mean, I know Pepsi that if you product. go to like a Pepsi, you know, fount soda fountain at the movie theater or something. Uh, which I would never, but I've heard mm-hmm. uh, if you want the lemon lime type of soda, what you're probably going to get there is Seven Up, right? You know who owns Seven Up? The Dr Pepper Snapple Group. Which, not, by the way, and if that's I totally ever, different from Pepsi. I think Seven Up uh, is a seven is an American brand of lemon lime flavored uh, drink owned internationally. By- Distributed by PepsiCo. Distributed by, but owned by Keurig Dr. Pepper now. I liked it better when it's called Dr. Pepper Snapple Group. That sounds like a group I'd like to belong to. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like if you're in some sort of thing and it's like, let's go to our breakout groups. You're like, no, I don't want to. Andrew, you're in the Dr. Pepper Snapple Group. Yeah. I'm like, oh, hey, sign yeah, me sign me up. Yeah. Anyway, I am now going to let Pepsi take their jab at Coke in this commercial. Now, when I stumbled on this today, and this will be the end of this and we'll move on to from me, from, with love from me to YouTube. Um, but this is a commercial I've seen before, but I'm thinking I did not see this in the wild, as you say. I think this is one that comes up because it's a really clever ad from 2002. And I think it aired, I want to say, in France, Genevieve. There's no um, dialogue, but you hear a little bit of voice coming from somewhere, maybe like just some off-screen voice that sounds like another language, and I think it might be French. Anyway, um, you see a little boy in a town. I get the impression this is kind of like a little dusty. Yeah, it's kind of a dusty town. Mm-hmm. Um, and he goes it's up. Kind of a backwater. Actually, you know what? It says on this vending machine, it's a generic vending machine, the kind that you can load all kinds. It's not like a Pepsi-branded right. one or a Coke-branded one. You can just load whatever you want in there. And does this say Frios at the top? F-R-I-O-S? If so, that would maybe belie my... French origin Maybe story Espanol. there. Yeah. Anyway, uh, this boy comes up to this vending machine and puts a couple of quarters. And actually, I'm going to play it while I tell you what's happening. He walks up to the vending machine, puts one quarter in, and gets a Coke. The Coke comes out. He sets it on the ground. Yeah, He's got I've little hands. Puts another quarter in. Hits Coke again, gets a second can of Coke, puts that on the ground, then stands on those two cans of Coke to make himself taller, puts in another quarter, 
and then reaches up and hits the Pepsi button, which was out of his reach before it, he was standing on the cans. It's a very clever ad. Yes. But th- those Coke cans look so much better than the Pepsi can. <laughs> you hate Pepsi. Do you hate Pepsi or you just love Coke? You hate Pepsi because you won't. Like if you're at a restaurant and somebody it's says. Not good. It's not like I, I don't have like a personal animus towards the company or anything. I actually think that marketing wise, they're more interesting than Coke. Coke's so. You know, Coke is in some ways so conservative with their advertising because they are the dominant, um, you know, they're the category leader. And they, you know, I'm bored with all of their like Americana, Norman Rockwell bullshit. I think Pepsi has done way more interesting stuff in terms of like, I mean, I think that you're always frustrated with them, though, because they're always they're apologetic things that they do. I think that they're at their weakest when they are trying to hold themselves up in comparison to Coke. So it's not that I hate Pepsi as a brand; it's just that I don't like the soda. Yeah, and I think so. Like, but like, like you actively don't like. In other words, if somebody says we don't have Coke, we have Pepsi, you'll Unless say I'm, never mind. I'll get something else. Generally, yeah. I mean, I've, I've, you know, sometimes you're just really craving a cola or whatever. Mm-hmm. But like, generally speaking, I'll, I'll get something else. Um, and I just don't understand how anyone likes the taste of Pepsi over Coke. I guess I understand people not telling the difference. Like, if you just, if your palate's not sensitive, they are fundamentally both just colas. But if you can tell the difference, why would you ever pick Pepsi? Some people like Pepsi. Well, my I, dad was a Pepsi guy. There, he's wrong, <laughs> and he should feel bad. I will tell him that. All right, everybody. ask him what he likes about it. I'm really serious. Ask him what he why he He'll likes say it. The taste. But I mean, what I can tell you what I like more about the flavor of Coke over Pepsi. It's a sharper mm-hmm. flavor. It's less sweet. It's more carbonated. It's more yeah. maybe a little bit more carbonated. It's got a rounder mouthfeel to it. Like wait, how can those things be? I aren't those things uh, in opposition? I feel like Pepsi has a rounder mouthfeel because it's more syrupy. It's syrupy, but yeah. I'm not talking about, or maybe mouthfeel is not right. Is not the right thing, but like just like Coke has a more, um, like it has a more uh, like full-bodied flavor to it. With more notes. Okay. So just ask your dad to respond to that, please. (laughs) I'll just send him the show. I'll take my answer after. (laughs) All right. It is time for the longest running segment on this show with love from me to YouTube. Is that our longest running segment? Oh, because it's branded. Because it was rebranded. I gotcha. (laughs) Jokes are very difficult. All right, I have a couple of commercials I want to share with you, Vives, that I found on uh, VHS tapes somewhat recently. Um, this first one, I think both of these are from 1995, probably from an old uh, baseball game. Um, and this first one, I think, is interesting because it's very specific. It's very 90s. Again, maybe that's the draw of all of these that I play. But we see, like, you're just typical... 90s guy right like probably a little bit older than a teenager maybe i mean this to me looks like one of the opening scenes from kids in the hall yeah right exactly it's got like that's how 90s it is so he just you know he's a short short haired guy relatively speaking but like big floppy clothes kind of olive green 
collared shirt over right. another collared shirt a little i'm not quite steve bannon but um and like a bunch of quick cuts he's out on the street you know like everything was a montage back then with like camera angles God, that are askew those, those and Dutch a, angles, a man. random close-up of a dog and him like kind of like he's on the phone it's just a bunch of quick cuts and stuff and the voiceover is going to explain what's going on we see this guy he's at a phone booth and he's on the phone and he's uh kind of it's talking to somebody on the phone in a somewhat agitated style. You got to call your uncle about tickets for the Stones concert. So you find a U.S. West pay phone. Because for a dollar, you can call anyone in Western Washington and talk as long as you like. Good thing. See, Unk starts flashing back to the 60s, reliving his 15-minute drum solos with a band called the Moon Children. But you let him yammer, because he is popping for the tickets. And the bottom line's only a buck. Flat rate long distance in Western Washington. The best deal only on U.S. West pay phones. U.S. West. Imagine looking for a brand of payphone. First of all, um, exactly. Imagine that. But the transactional relationship this dude has with his uncle is so awful. It's so awful, right? And you see him at one point doing that thing where he's like tossing an orange up in the air, bouncing it off his arm, like not hanging, I believe, hanging the the receiver of the phone. Yeah, just letting the the uncle yammer while he plays with the dog. And also like, this is going to sound like a weird thing. This this is a... um, this, this this insult this commercial is an insult to uncles everywhere. <laughs> this is a theory that I'm going to put words to. I realize this is this maybe have been banging around my head for a little bit now, and I'm just now kind of realizing it. But maybe I have a theory that there's nothing more Gen X than a boomer reference. Yes. If that makes sense, like I this totally, is the most I, Gen X commercial in the world. And what is it? It's a young man yes. in the '90s trying to get Stones tickets yes. from his uncle, who was a, clearly they they use the word flashback, which is code for LSD, was it LSD, yeah. and and some band he was in called the Moon Children. Is there anything more Gen X yes. than Boomer references? Was it because Boomers were making all this content? F- for aimed at Gen Xers. I feel like that's part of it. I mean, they were in charge of everything back then. I do feel like that's part of it. And also like the boomers just really laid claim to modern culture, modern culture, modern teen culture, modern youth culture. And so as you're starting to see the next generation, like sort of like reclaim that stake, they still have to make all of the references for for context, right? So as I said, I'm still working on that, but I love your enthusiasm for going along with me on that. Um, Also, (laughs) just one thing I'll throw out there too is I don't know that you could make this I'm assuming that they did not get permission from the Rolling Stones and I also don't think you would say it's hard to imagine the Rolling Stones they said the Stones I think that's interesting interesting like they're I thought I just thought it was so strange how do the Stones not control the yeah the the intellectual property of the stones it's like i also so... wonder how much they care or maybe you, maybe they did get permission maybe they don't need it but like isn't that kind of inter- I, there's something about that, that yeah. it's like it's a it's so very specific. specific reference but yeah. also not quite their name so yeah. maybe you can just kind of slip it under the radar bigger question how'd they get permission from the moon children <laughs> that's, a, that's a really good question hey let's stay in the 90s can we just call the segment hey let's stay in the 90s i mean as long as the ads that you have are all from this 1995 box of well the thing is most cassette most 
most VHS tapes yeah. I'm going to find around town of people just taping shit off their TV is going to be the 90s. A little, you might find some stuff from the late 80s. Yeah. But I don't think our family got a VCR until the very late 80s. No, 80, I, well, I've said maybe you, 87. Well, but you're right yeah. because I I told you like when we used to get movies from the video store, and this was even before Blockbuster. I think this was like precursor to Blockbuster. We would sometimes rent a VCR before oh, we, right, right, right. we had uh, a VCR of our own, I think. Or at least I know that was an option at the store, which can you imagine? I remember one of the, and you know this very well, Vives, that one of the tapes that my family had that was taped off of television was the, I believe, I want to say two hour pilot episode of Quantum Leap. Yes. And I and we would keep that um, in our van. We had a van that would take on long road trips that had a little mini VCR in there and we'd watch it. <laughs> anyway, I wanted to see what year that pilot came out. That pilot didn't come out until 1989 because I, I was thinking if that came out in 86, then that would that would belie my argument but no like yeah. that first of all i didn't realize quantum leap started that late i thought of it as an 80s show more than a 90s show but um no yeah, i think it's like it's pretty 90s ziggy says that's a 90s show uh, <laughs> <laughs> so anyway I, I do think that by its very nature this segment is going to be potentially at times late 80s but everything i have found so far has been like mid 90s but uh this is a ross dress for less commercial they don't call it ross dress for less i don't think in this one um but that's what we call it in this house absolutely um, but it has a great jingle and again i don't want to like the beg the listeners or give them marching orders but we do uh, invite people to call in and sing their version of jingles, anything that you like, and this might be a good candidate. This, I guess, a little warning here. This song is going to stay in your head the rest of the day. Oh boy! When I, I, if you're listening to this at night, good for you. It's only a couple of hours. If you're listening <laughs> to the podcast in the morning, just know this is sticking with you. But the good news is, I find it to be pleasant. I find myself singing this all day, but I like it. Take a listen to this Ross commercial from 1995. Ross has outerwear at prices that will blow you away. I got it at Ross. Do you love it? I love it. I got it at Ross. This special collection is only $39.99 at Ross. Save 50% or more. Do you love it? I love it. I only $39.99. Only at Ross. I love it. I got it at Ross. Do you love it? I love it. I got it at Ross. I got it at Ross. <laughs> now, the thing is, like, the, it, we didn't describe the images on there. First of all, the fashion is timeless. This could have been from literally any decade. Oh, yeah. You can hardly tell. <laughs> you see a whole bunch of people. It's a very low-budget commercial where, for some reason, it's just like a cloud Yeah, they're, they're all just against a green screen that is has been made into, like, fluffy white clouds and blue skies. So and it's a literal montage sort of, of people. People just sort of floating in this heavenly space wearing... Very 90s outerwear, I jackets mean, and, you know, hoodies and stuff like that. I want to gift this. I mean, this is just like, look at this outfit yes. here. We have a woman in kind of high-waisted jeans with a big belt. Well, look at that camel toe. Several different layers. Yeah, how could you have such baggy pants and a camel toe at the same time? It's a, it's a miracle of physics. <laughs> I love the 90s. Good uh, night. How many layers is she wearing? She's got the jacket. I mean, they're selling outerwear, so that yeah. makes sense. But then she's got a flannel on and at least one, at least one shirt on yep. underneath that flannel. God, this was my time, She has the camel toe that ate Chicago. (laughs) Ew, you're being gross. (laughs) Um, Kids listen to this show. Um, Get a letter from your family on that one. 
<laughs> but yeah, I'm just looking at all of these fashions. This is my happy place when everybody oh, just looked like this. So hey, great. look, I, does this woman have a beret on? You like berets? That's not a beret. Oh, it's like okay. a sort of a kind of a blossomy looking hat. Yeah, I love blossomy looking hats. Anyway, uh, I love that jingle. It is it, in all seriousness, great jingle, right? Great jingle, yeah. Great jingle. All right, shall we move on to find out what the ad council is talking about? Everybody's talking at me. I don't hear words saying. Only the echoes of my mind. All right, Vee, you um, kind of grabbed these emails. Yeah. So why don't I um, pass the talking stick to you? Well, speaking of catchy jingles and... Um, ear-catching jingles in this specific case. Uh, this is from Laura, who emailed in to say, I was watching reruns of The Great British Bake Off on the Roku channel. Uh, thumbs up for both British Bake Off and Roku. Mm-hmm. Love them. Uh, the other night, when this uh, Venus Razors commercial came on, this definitely caught my attention. It made me look up from the dumb phone game I was playing. I'm not sure if it could fit into a personal grooming-themed show. It's already been discussed. Um, she had to declare bankruptcy on a few of, of our pods. That's totally fine. No mm-hmm. shame in that. But she had to share it. And we have not talked about this. This is uh, pretty amazing. I got to say, like, I'm I'm not clutching my pearls here because I think that this is actually like great and we should be more. This isn't the pooping bears. Let's put it that way. But there is it's true that when we've talked about we've talked about like women's hygiene products from tampons and pads and you know things for periods to um, shaving, uh, you know, uh, razors for shaving pubic area and whatever. Um There's been a real move in recent years and very recent years to get more literal and less euphemistic and less like um, sort of hiding it away behind blue liquid that just, you know, vaguely gestures at the fact that women bleed for when they have their periods, you know. Um, And I've seen ones where like there's a bush in front of women's pubic areas that that's what they're shaving. Mm -hmm. Get it. Mm -hmm. Um, But this one is uh, quite um provocative i would say it's a little cartoon very cute and all the voices that you're hearing um well there's one voice that's a woman a cartoon woman singing but most she of, comes in about halfway she through. comes in about halfway through but the chorus of voices that you're hearing are are uh, animated pubic hairs and they're singing you can find tutorials for the masses for doing brows and curling lashes but influencers won't mention me is the word pubic blasphemy yeah you Every hair down there. If it's shaved, it's waxed, or full of hair, it's my body and it's self care. Since history, there's been a stigma. See, if you say pubic, then you're dirty. Say pubic. But it's your choice and it's your voice. So away with that and let's make some noise. However, you can say pubic, pubic hair. See, there's step one, then there's step two. Venus has the tools so you can do you. I'm a fan. I'm not. Can't handle it, huh? 
I can't just, handle the truth. Why do we have to be proud of our pubic hair? <laughs> no, for real. Like she, and, and I understand like it's part of this empowerment thing. And you are right. Like I think there's a lot of stigma around menstruation that is bullshit. Yeah, I and think men it's, are scared I, it's to talk about it and that kind of thing. But when we're talking about like, but I mean, do we really have to be proud of every part of our body? Like, do we have to be proud of our asshole hair? Like, do, and I'm talking about men and women together. Like, why do we have to be proud of, do I have to be proud of. Is asshole hair like a pressing concern? I mean, I like pubic hair you actually have to deal with i guess I'm, I'm just saying that like why do we have to be proud of it any more than we would have to be proud of uh, of our bodily functions like pooping in the bathroom you know what i mean like i listen these people are any trying part to of your sell body that you should be proud of and by the way i also know because, that like I, I'm, a, I'm asking a serious question is there any part of your body that you think like oh it would be normal to make a like a, a song or a commercial or a jingle or something that's like i'm proud of i don't know like yeah, my booty. Your booty. Okay. You know that I'm proud of my booty. I've been proud of my booty. No, I don't know. Like, I just, I know it's about empowerment, and I know I'm on the wrong side of this, too. So, like, yeah. feel free to pile up on me. But I just watch this, and I just sort of, you know, it is a, definitely a generational thing, and maybe maybe there's a bit of sexism mixed in here. But I would say the same thing about all the, you know, manscape, all the conversation about manscaping and, sure. the, and the products that try to sell me manscaping And then, like, stuff, there's, like, Lumi, the which is, more... like, the, you know, the pubic or the, uh, the groinal uh, deodorant. Sure. Yeah, and it's just kind of like, I mean, this, I'm only saying, like, specifically right here, it's like, I'm proud of all my hair down there, and it's like, really, you're, you're, you're proud of it? Like, why do you have to be proud of <laughs> your pubic hair? Like, I'm not, I'm not proud of every aspect of maybe my she body. Got to, maybe she was able to shave it into the lightning bolt. That's very challenging. Well, that would be proud. I, I'd be proud of that. be proud of your skills, probably. I mean, your I'd grooming be, skills. I would be extremely proud. But yeah. I, get what, I get what you're saying. And I think, if anything, I would, I would diagnose it as an overcorrective. But I think a corrective is needed because um, so much about women's bodies is has been um you know has has been sort of shrouded and 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 told and we've been told like you know don't don't talk about these things and uh and i mean just pubic hair in general is so sort of politicized and um you know pornified and all that stuff mm -hmm. so like i think that it's not the worst thing in the world to have a little bit of a, a swing back for the pendulum to swing back the other way and, and that totally makes sense by the way I'm, I'm not ignorant to that and again i mean you're you're talking about also there are women are facing realities that men don't face in our culture and continue to do so and that has to do with even standards of beauty yeah. that are defined by a male dominated culture so like you have that right there i was focusing on the the pubic stuff because men and women both have pubic stuff True. And, I, and and i wouldn't just say pubic hair no, I have no problem with the word pubic. Right. It's the hair that I don't like. You know, no, I, it's just like this might I, be I don't a know. very this might be a really dicey comparison to make, but in the same way that I would never endorse someone talking about white pride, but have no problem mm -hmm. with someone talking about black pride mm -hmm. or gay pride, I think it is there's an element of when a group or a or an something when when someone has been marginalized in some way then the there is there is an element there, there's something that makes sense and that is valid about reclaiming that into in the language of pride. Yes, and especially even again, I, I just just to and that's right. You heard me. I said pubic pride and black pride are equal. Oh my god! No, all I... my podcast partners are trying to get me canceled today. 
Um, no, that's absolutely true. And we live in a society where you can have just fat, ugly men like me outside Aww. washing our cars with our shirts off. Not that I would do that, right? And society's just like, oh yeah, whatever. Oh, you're Kevin James. But then, but then it's just like to a lot of people, like, oh, if a woman has hairy armpits or right. doesn't shave her legs, it's like, where's that shit coming from? It's coming from a male-dominated yes. culture. So I, I mean, I'm not totally obtuse to that. But as I'm watching this, like, this really cool, like, 2023 animated character singing, I'm proud of my hair down there. I'm like, really? We just have to be proud of everything? We got to be proud of all of our body parts? But you also know me. I hate my body. I hate bodies. Yeah, I think we're all gross. With shame. We're meat you, bags. You can't even imagine what it would be like to feel pride about something. No, I don't know. Uh, Do I have any pride in anything regarding it? I like my glasses, but I don't think that's really <laughs> part of my body. <laughs> so maybe I'll just sit They're this sort one of an out. extension. You wear them all the time. Anyway, I'm just being, I'm not trying to I be hot takey. I'm trying to be honest, I but know. also, I also completely, completely understand what you're saying. Laura, I really like that you sent this in. I think it was an, it's an interesting um, topic for discussion, and I certainly can understand why it made you look up uh, because it is shocking, mm-hmm. which for better or for worse, it is, it's surprising. I love this um, email from Anne about commercials that she has dubbed, no, you don't commercials. <laughs> Uh, She says, I've been seeing a genre of ads for a while now that absolutely send me over the edge. In our house, they're referred to as, no, you don't. (laughs) These are the ones that start up with a voiceover that says something like, our team of craftsmen or artisans or experts. And then you see a chef or a farmer or a seamstress and they're creating something. And God, I know exactly what she's talking about. Um, What gets me is that these are for items that are obviously factory produced. I have two examples below that I was able to find. Um, she has sent us two examples, one for Hillshire Farms, uh, I think is it kielbasa? Yeah. And then or some one, sort of sausage. Yeah, and then one for Lindor chocolates, but she's right on the money. Why don't you play the uh, Hillshire Farms yeah, one? Yeah, the Hillshire the Hillshire Farms one is perfect, I think, because the voiceover literally sets you up yes. so that you can scream. And I think that I'll bet you I will start doing this in my house now too, and you can just scream, No, you don't <laughs> when you hear these claims. Our craftsmen begin each day perfectly seasoning our Hillshire farm smoked sausage. No, you don't. No, you don't. So that you can end each day crafting a perfectly delicious dinner hillshire farm made right on the farm no it's not no, factory uh, farm maybe. that sausage looks great it i am does. i buy that I uh, smoked pork, sausage a lot it looks good I can't and they're deny it. cooking it up in a, some sort of a skittle dish there skillet as I heard it, I was like, what am I saying <laughs> wrong here? You know, a classic down-on-the-farm Skittles and sausage mm. skillet. Um, anyway, oh, Anne, you're so right. I just yes. want to yell, no, you don't. Now, this one this one relies more on visuals. Um, but it's more egregious, I think. It's more egregious, but I you don't this. have the voiceover yeah. actually saying, we do this, this, and this, but it's in theory, heavily implied. somebody is making the sausage, quite literally, and... You could argue that the thing that they're doing is like seasoning it or whatever. This one is just a flat out lie. I love this. So we see a bunch of, and I think it takes a while for any kind of voiceover to happen. So I'll have to explain it. We see a a chef, like a pastry, or what would you, I guess. A, a pastry chef. A pastry yeah, chef. Yeah, he's fully chefed out, right? Like, yes. A, this big fluffy hat. Yes. A toque, I guess it's called. He's a he's a young white guy, very slim. In a, like in a very gourmet kitchen. And the light's all like soft focused 
and beautiful. Just the most beautiful kitchen you can imagine. And he's a he's, confectioner. He's a confectioner and he's pouring chocolate and he's got this special whisk that is uh, probably worth more than our house. And <laughs> yeah. he's whisking the chocolate and examining and then taking, what do you call those bags? that the, the A pastry bag. A pastry bag. Yeah, so this is for Lindor. And if you know those, they're like the little chocolate balls that you see everywhere at Christmas especially. And there's like a chocolate, thick chocolate coating on the outside. And then inside, depending on the flavor, is a different kind of ganache, basically, which would be piped in somehow. But the way they're having it in this commercial is he's individually piping from his pastry bag into each particular little thing and if they did that they would only make like a hundred of these a year <laughs> and at first like we the viewers i don't know if we know this is lindor at first we just see him doing this and we see him squeezing something yeah. out of this bag and then it cuts to a woman and again i love i think ann mentioned this in the in her email um you know the the sexualization of these chocolate oh. ads. i mean look how i've got it uh framed right here she's doing she's literally doing the biting of her bottom lip yes. in that sensual way as she's unwrapping a lindor because it turns out that this fancy chef was making have one we done a show lindor. about sexual chocolate i know we, i, feel I like think we have, we have yeah. i think years and years and years ago so anyway take a listen to this Rich, creamy chocolate splashing around. I do love a Lindor. I'm not mad at them. Whether they're made on a conveyor belt or not. Irresistibly smooth chocolate. To put the world on pause. Lindor. Made to melt you. No, you don't. No, you don't. (laughs) That is made. And there's no shame in it. Like, this stuff is mass produced. It's still tasty. But, like, I would rather see if if they want to show me how the how the chocolate is made. Show me the show me how it comes together, like in the in the you know, in the plant, basically. In the... <laughs> just show Lucille Ball trying yeah, to Yeah, just show me that scene. Wait, is that the fa- no, is that the famous one where she starts eating yes, all the chocolate because yes. it's going by too show, quickly? Show me I love Lucy, <laughs> and I'll get the gist. You can sell anything. You can sell anything. Fun little show that today, Veej. I feel like I'm always like apologizing at the end. We did some really long shows that exhausted us during the, the <laughs> Super Bowl season. And then last week I was really out of it. And I just sort of felt like I really tanked the show. And this time, you know what? It's a rare occasion where I just feel like, what a tidy little fun time we had today. You I made me great, laugh. My I had a great face time. hurts a little bit. That's how you know it's a good podcast. Your face hurts a little bit at the end of it. <laughs> from laughing, I mean. Yes. Not from frowning. No. Um, if your face hurts from frowning or from laughing <laughs> or from getting punched in the face, um, call us at 607-444-5597. But if it's an emergency, don't call. If you got punched in the a, face, if there's an emergency, we're not line, monitoring that line. Call 911. If, if it's, for non-emergency. If it, can, if it can wait. And you just want to tell us about it, call 607-444-5597. Email us at afterthesemessagesshow at gmail. Um, visit us on the YouTube page for the from me the with love from me to YouTube page. Um, but and it's not called that. It's just look for After These Messages I guess podcast. just look for After These Messages. Um, but you should, can you give it a YouTube. slogan? Can you give YouTube pages a slogan? I don't know. Um, it seems like you should. And uh, come see us on the Facebook group. As always, it's a fun time. Thanks, everybody. We'll talk to you next week. Stop me. I burn headband. My eyes all droopy. I have gooey foodie zoobies in my poopy.